teach an old dog a new trick. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sale, certified professional dog trainer, coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 FM. I'm here to answer your questions about your pets, their behavior, why they do what they do, and everything you'd like to know. So if there's something you're curious about, a behavior that you are having difficulty with, or something that is going on in your community that you'd like to talk about, send an email to behavior at kyhumane.org or to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. And if you're wondering what we have already talked about in our previous episodes, you can visit our website, forwardradio.org, to see our archives and listen to all of the previous episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen, and check out all of the other programming available on Forward Radio. So I got to hear from a couple of my listeners this week with a few questions and a special topic that they'd like to discuss today. And I wanted to hit those questions first uh, in the first half of our show and then spend the second half of the show talking about this special topic, which is related to off-leash dogs, which can be a pretty hot-button issue for a lot of folks. But we're going to start with the easy stuff here. So my first question is an email, and it says, Hi, Kate. I hope you can help. Can you teach your dogs to go potty in a certain area of your yard? or more specifically, not to go in certain areas of your yard. I just built a brand new deck in my backyard and the dogs are going just barely off of the deck. I'd like them to go towards the back of the yard away from where we wanna hang out. Is this even possible? So I can totally get that. It sounds like the dogs are going out in the yard, barely leaving the deck and then just handling their business basically right where you're trying to hang out. I can understand why that's not ideal. Um, The good news is that yes, you can absolutely work with your dogs to encourage them to go in certain parts of your yard. There are a couple of factors that you're going to want to take into consideration when you are setting your dog up to do that. But yes, these are things that you can absolutely set them up to do. So one of the things that you want to think about is why might they be doing this? Is your yard particularly wet? Is your grass very long? I know that my dogs, particularly my little one, is going to take the shortest possible route to get her business handled. So first thing in the morning, if the grass is wet, if we haven't cut it very recently, She is not going to go all the way to the back of the yard to potty. She's going to take the easiest, quickest access to handle her business. So that's something to think about. How frequently you let your dogs out can also play a role in this. And what is the benefit to them to going further out into the yard, away from the house and away from the deck? And how far do you really want your dogs to go? And are there reasons for them to want to go to the area that you want them to go potty? Is it super wet and muddy where you want them to go? What can you do to make that area appealing? 
If your dog really likes to potty on grass, are you asking them to go to an area where there isn't grass? Does your dog like to go on wood chips? So it can be a little bit different for every dog. So trying to figure out what makes a potty spot appealing to your dog can definitely have an impact on how successful this project is going to be for you. So that is something to think about. So once you've thought through these particular aspects of what you're asking your dog to do, then you can start to kind of set yourself up to do a reset in your yard. So if you know that your dog hates tall grass, then you may be able to start to curate your yard a little bit. Maybe you actually intentionally groom your yard so that at least for a little while, maybe your grass closest to your deck is a little on the longer side and you do a really nice job cutting the spot that you would really like your dogs to go. But most importantly, you are going to need to supervise your dogs and you may even need to take them out on a leash into your yard to do their business. The most important thing that you can do is go out with treats, high value rewards. Take your dog back to where you want them to go. Let them handle their business. And as soon as they do, you can hand them that high value reward and then turn them loose to play, do whatever it is that they want to do. Now, a lot of our dogs, when they're going to go potty, they have specific tells, if you will. They'll sniff really intently, they'll circle, and we can generally tell too, especially if it's first thing in the morning or our dog just ate a meal. A lot of our dogs will potty on a pretty consistent schedule, so we can anticipate when they're going to need to go. So when you take your dog out and you know that it's potty time for them, you can take them out on a leash or depending on your dog, you know your dog best, take them back to where you want them to go with your high value treats, set them up to go where you want them to go. Hi, Ricky. I have my studio assistant right here. And, and be ready to reward your dog when they go where you want them to go. Now understand that they're going to need some guidance for a while because you are essentially rebuilding a habit and this isn't something that's going to change immediately. There's a reason that they were going directly off of your deck in the first place. It may have been convenience, it may have been that when they went out they had to go really really bad and that was the fastest place for them. There was a reason that they were choosing that spot so when you are doing a reset like this understand that they are going to be needing that guidance for a little while but if you're taking steps to make it more appealing for them and you are also rewarding them for going in that spot really consistently, you should be able to change that habit with a little bit of work. Now, if you're bringing a dog home for the first time and you want to set them up to go where you want them to go right off the bat, you would set this up the same way. The benefit there is that you're not working against an old habit, you are creating a new one from the get-go. So you may have a slightly easier time, um, but you would set yourself up the same way. 
take them out on a leash, take treats, reward them when they go where you want them to go. And then if you're in a fenced yard, you can turn them loose after they go to go about their business, run, play, do whatever. Now there are sprays and things that people will often use um, for puppy pads and indoor potty areas or patio potty areas to encourage your dog to go specific areas. But I would definitely caution you against using those outside as they may attract unwanted attention of wildlife. So that might not be something that you would want to do in this particular circumstance. So while it might seem like something that could be helpful, it could also bring with it a whole host of other issues. So I would definitely discourage you from doing that and just do it the old-fashioned way where you look at your environmental factors like length of grass and texture and how wet it is. Find an area that's going to suit both you and your dog, your needs and their preferences, and then just take them out there and reward them for going where you want them to go. And one last note, make sure that you're consistently cleaning up after your dog. They're not going to want to use an area that's really, really messy and full of their own waste. So making sure that you are consistently cleaning up after them and that the area is clean is going to be really important as well, both for their health, but also for encouraging them to continue to use that area. It's just like a cat who is not going to want to use a dirty litter box. So keep that in mind as well. All right, so moving forward, my next question is also an email that I received from another listener. And she does acknowledge that this may not be a behavior question, but wanted to send this along anyway. I have a 9 to 10 year old golden doodle with scratching issues. I've tried various herbs and concoctions to keep him from scratching, but to no avail. I can see that he has some slightly inflamed areas on his skin where he scratches. I'm very vigilant in hovering over him to keep him from scratching, but I can't always be doing that. I'm reluctant to take him to the vet to get drugs prescribed. If this is more of a vet question than a trainer question, I do understand. So this listener is correct. This is definitely more of a vet question, or at the very least, a question for your groomer. So a doodle is a breed of dog that has a type of coat that definitely needs to go to see a groomer, and they need to be brushed every single day. So they have a coat type with some pretty intensive grooming needs and upkeep that should be seeing a professional groomer on a semi-regular basis. Uh, I will acknowledge I'm not a groomer, so that is something that would need to be discussed with a professional groomer or your vet. But if you're seeing any sort of skin or coat issues with your dog, that is something that you would want to address as quickly as possible. Keep in mind that anytime that you're seeing inflamed skin or your dog being agitated, at the end of the day, your dog's uncomfortable and you want to address that as quickly as possible. We want to make sure that our dogs are comfortable and that they are able to relax. And 
the best way to do that is to take your dog to the vet and find out what's going on. And if you're resistant to or uncomfortable with the idea of utilizing medication with your dog, the best thing you can do for that is to communicate with your veterinarian. Let them know what your concerns are and ask if there might be any alternatives available. Be really honest about what you are and are not comfortable with, and they're going to give you the best possible guidance and advice based on what's going on with your dog. And if medication is necessary, you're going to have the best possible care options available to you to get your dog feeling happy, healthy, and comfortable again as soon as possible. Because there can be so many things going on with your dog and the best way to know exactly what's going on and how to best treat them and get them comfortable again is to be able to speak to a vet about it directly. So as much as none of us likes to go to the doctor, sometimes it's going to be the best possible option. So if you ever have concerns about anything that could be impacting your pet's health or well-being, don't be afraid to call your vet. You can always make a call and you can ask questions. They absolutely have your pet's health and best interest at heart and they want to help. You are tuned in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society, here to answer your questions about your pets and their behavior. On Forward Radio, WFMPLP, on 106.5 FM, coming out of Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be back after a short break with some original music by John 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 Slater. Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. I'm your host, Kate Sale, certified professional dog trainer, and I'm joined by my assistant, Ricky, today. She's not the greatest technician, but she does have some interesting commentary, so I'm going to let her stay in the studio this afternoon. She is one of two rescue cats in my home. She's a six-year-old silver tabby. And you might hear her continuing to chime in periodically. And speaking of studio guests, I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to John 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 Slater. We enjoy his music for our music breaks every week, and he also wrote and recorded our original theme song. He's one of my favorite musical artists out there, and I'm so honored that he lets us use his music every week. You can find John John John's music on Spotify. And John, if you're out there listening, it's always good to have you. Now, moving forward with the second half of our show, as promised, we're going to tackle kind of a challenging and sometimes divisive topic. 
dealing with off-leash dogs. And this was brought up by one of our listeners who got involved in a discussion on a neighborhood forum. And I know that that's a discussion format that can get a little bit sticky. However, I'm choosing to address it because I do think that this is an incredibly important topic. It is something that we get some very lively and passionate debate about because it's incredibly important. And I think that it warrants that kind of discussion because people have had some really significant experiences with it. And with so many differing perspectives and ideas on it, I think it's important that we just go ahead and bring it out into the open from a behavior perspective. So the original poster was talking about her experience walking her dog near a local elementary school that has a big open field, and she was run up on by an off-leash dog. The owner was visible, but way off in the distance, so the dog was effectively unattended or out of the control of its owner. And while the dog was not particularly aggressive, it did approach her and her dog. (laughs) No one was there to control this off-leash dog, and her dog did pull her over trying to get away from this other dog, and she did get injured in the process. So the post was her not impolitely expressing her frustration with off-leash dogs being in areas that do have leash ordinances, and asking if others had had similar experiences, and wondering why people weren't respecting leash laws. So one of my listeners forwarded this thread to me and asked if this is something I would be willing to discuss. While I'm not going to get into the specific details of all of the comments that were made, I do think that this is something that's important to address. First and foremost, I think acknowledging that, yes, we live in a place where in most cases in our urban areas, there are leash laws that should absolutely be respected. So just putting that out there, we're going to get that out of the way. But moving forward from that, I want to talk about some of the finer points of what we want to consider when we're thinking about off-leash dogs and dogs that are on leash and why it is really important to be considerate and mindful of dogs that are out on leash. First, I think it's important to note that there are all kinds of reasons to leash your dog. We have the really obvious ones. It keeps our dogs safe. It keeps the general public safe. And by keeping the general public safe, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a dangerous dog. It means that you are keeping your dog from doing things like running into traffic and potentially causing a traffic accident. And while we like to think that dogs that we would not have on leash in a lot of circumstances are perfectly well-behaved and don't make mistakes, even the best-behaved dogs are not perfect all the time, and every dog can and will make mistakes. And so we do have a responsibility to maintain control of our dogs at all times, particularly in high stakes circumstances and environments like urban areas. That's right. So when we are in an urban area where we have lots of traffic, we have neighbors in close proximity, we have lots of other dogs, 
even a small mistake can have very significant consequences. They could be consequences for you, or they could be consequences for another person, like the original poster, for example. And that's why those leash laws are so incredibly important. Now, for folks that want to be able to have their dog off leash, one of the most common things that I hear is that their dogs are friendly, they love everybody, and that they're not going to hurt anybody. And that's great that you have a dog that is so dog and so human social. That's really special, and I think wanting to share that is a wonderful thing. However, and this is important whether your dog is on or off leash, it's important to understand that not every dog is that way, and not every human is that way. While it's hard for those of us that are dog owners and animal lovers to believe, and I think it's sometimes difficult for us to remember, not every person in the world loves dogs, and not every person in the world wants to greet every dog that they see. Some people would actually like to avoid the dogs out in the world. And a really happy, exuberant dog running up to them can be unwelcome or even scary to them. And for dogs that might not be dog-friendly or may be what we consider dog-selective, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be allowed to go out and take a walk in the world. There are dogs that are dog-selective or maybe not super dog-social that are fully capable of taking a walk, seeing other dogs out in the world, walking past other dogs out in the world without having any issue whatsoever, but they become extremely uncomfortable when a strange dog runs over into their space. And honestly, a strange dog running right up into your face is not the most polite thing in the entire world. So even a dog-friendly or a dog-social dog can find that very overwhelming and uncomfortable. And when a dog is on a leash, they do not have the opportunity to move away. So by allowing your off-leash dog to run over and greet another dog, you've immediately put this dog and their owner in a position with very few choices. And just like that, you have taken away that dog and that owner's ability to decide whether or not they want to allow their dog to meet your dog. And it should always be the dog owner's decision whether or not they want to allow their dog to meet another dog. Consent of the owner and really consent of the other dog as well is crucial. There are a lot of reasons that somebody might not want their dog to meet another dog. And if any of these things applies to you, up to and including you just don't want your dog to meet that dog, it is totally okay for you to say, no thank you, my dog does not want to make friends today. Your dog could be in training. Learning to ignore other dogs is an incredibly important skill and something that all dogs should be able to do. Your dog could be elderly, they may have a medical condition, or they could be recovering from surgery. Your dog might be very young, maybe they are still undergoing some vaccines. 
Your dog might have some behavior challenges or some anxieties that you are working through. Perhaps they had a bad experience with another dog and you are working on exposing them to things slowly and very carefully curating their experiences with the world and don't need a strange dog running over into their space. Your dog may just not want to make other dog friends. That's totally okay, too. And remember that you do not know the vaccine or health status of a strange dog running over to greet your dog. So it's totally acceptable for you to not want your dog to interact with another dog that you don't know. And you don't know anything about their behavior history or have any reason to trust that dog's behavior. So it is all right for you to not want your dog to meet a strange dog. And even if your dog is friendly, leashed or unleashed, your dog should not be running up to and greeting every single dog they see. Now, if your dog is relatively well-trained, they have a reliable recall, and maybe they don't generally run over to every dog they see, that's great. But remember that no dog is perfect all the time. There's always a margin of error, and we owe it to every other dog and every other human in our community to make sure that our dogs are in our control on a leash, following leash laws at all times. So if you do live in an urban area and your dog needs the opportunity to have some off-leash playtime, there are a lot of ways that you can do that for your dog. First, in Louisville, we have some really great dog parks. We can talk about dog parks in a little more detail in a future episode, but if your dog is appropriate to go to a dog park, that can be a great opportunity for them to get some off-leash playtime and to enjoy some outdoor space other than their own backyard. You can absolutely go for long walks and hikes. We have great park system here. Yes, you have to keep your dog on leash, but that doesn't mean that it has to be just a four to six foot leash. A long line is a great tool. Long lines come in anywhere from 10 feet all the way to 20 feet or even more. I generally don't recommend doing more than 20 feet. Uh, They get a little unwieldy after that, but that's a great way to give your dog some freedom to sniff, to explore, and to get some of the benefit of not off-leash play, but a little more flexibility than they would have on that standard leash while still respecting those leash laws and keeping your dog safely and reliably under control. And for those of you walking that are consistently having some challenges running into off-leash dogs, despite having leash laws, there are always going to be those places in the city that seem to be those popular off-leash dog spots. And in a lot of cases, the best thing we can do is know where they are so that we can plan our walking routes accordingly to help keep our walks pleasant, positive, and hopefully a little more surprise-free. Thanks for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society, and thank you so much for sending your emails, your questions, and giving us some great things to discuss on our show today. 
Remember that the show topics are selected by you, so send an email to behavior at kyhumane.org or send a message to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page and let us know what you want to know about. And don't forget to visit our website, forwardradio.org, to check out all of our previous episodes and the rest of the programming available on Forward Radio, your grassroots community radio station. And we are listener-supported, so don't forget to hit that donate button. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your week. I think it's time to sit still.